Hello, everyone. Crypto traders around the world. Crypto Talk Radio, Basic Cryptonomics is back with another episode. Thankful for you joining us here today. Let's kick this off real quick. Won't take us long. We've got a couple bits and bulbs to get out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. CryptoTalkRadio.net is the site. You can check out all of our various episodes, download, listen. We appreciate if you'd spread the word. The more people that we get listening to our show and our various episodes, the more people we get on board with what we're doing. The greater we can be, the more we can serve you. We appreciate you. We appreciate any word that you can spread as well. And CryptoTalkRadio.net continues to be updated. We are adding content constantly until we are satisfied with the outcome. So keep tuned on that same channel for more and more to come in the future. And we will let you know anytime that we make any changes that are significant, at least, or anything that's new launched. Of course, our Triad membership in the upper right corner, click that, and it'll let you know about the different plans that we have available if you want to support the show. Keep us doing what we're doing. Pass up us a little bit of money. It's not a lot, but you get a lot of value for each of those tiers. Check that out at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Let's go ahead and get into our internal news for today. We are dealing with an absolute brutal heat wave out here in Nevada. I got to tell you, it's probably the worst I've ever experienced. And I've been in some hot climates. I've been in Arkansas. It tends to get hot. Texas tends to get hot. Arizona is hot. Part of why some places are hotter than others, and I can't seem to get people to understand this, is that they like to rip out lawns and rip out trees and just have concrete and rocks all over the place, which they don't seem to understand. They're going to absorb and then radiate the heat back up, which makes it worse. We actually should be embracing lawns and embracing green because they help keep the atmosphere cooler. I can't get anybody to listen to me. So in Nevada in particular, I know there's actually a there's actually an edict that says, you know, any new builds, you cannot have a lawn. It, it can be artificial, but you can't have a natural lawn. If you already have a lawn, there are these rules they give you and they'll get fined if you don't follow it that say, you know, during the fall, you can only water it certain days and during the winter, only certain days and summer, you can water six days, but only for like 10 minutes. I'm a landscaper by hobby. So I understand what it takes to make a lawn thrive. And what they have will not make a lawn thrive. It'll make a lawn die because when there are these heat waves, as we have now, the evaporation goes up. Obviously, you have to consistently water, just not a lot, but you have to consistently water throughout the day. So they don't understand it. So they just got frustrated and said, screw it, rip out your lawns and put a bunch of rocks out there or do an artificial landscape, which looks like crap when you're up close. So I just said, you know, I'll let this, I don't own this place, but there was a nice, reasonably nice lawn. I was able to recover it to a point, but then when I get all this, their irrigation system is busted. I'm not paying to recover it because I don't own the place. So then I let everything die. So now it's basically dirt and some of these pine needles because there's all sorts of conifers, which I can't stand conifers. That's what I'm currently, that's why I want to get out of here. Get to a place where they don't care. You can have your lawn. You're an American, you know, and you can do whatever you want to do. As long as you pay your taxes and we'll leave you alone. That's the place I want to be. That's where I want to be, Nate Dog. So that's what I'm currently tussling with. I have some possible good news, maybe. So I escalated my situation with my endeavor in this new opportunity we're trying to close. And it's scheduled to start in a couple weeks. I had escalated above this person's pay grade because she was getting on my nerves. Got above her. The person above her was absolutely helpful, perfectly understood, said we should be in a good spot. 
okay, great. But then he came back and said, we got this one thing left over. I don't know that I can solve that one. So I'm asking the client if we can waive it just to move this forward. I'm trying to get a green light all the way around so we can move this. Because again, as I said, if this moves, I guarantee you, I will be back to pre-pandemic levels within a couple months. That's why I'm eager to do it. With my other client, then they're relying on me more, certainly, but I there's a lot of problems here. So I'm trying to get out of Nevada first and foremost. I'm trying to buy another car. It's a long story. I'm trying to do a lot of stuff, but I really need the second client to make it easier so I don't have to think about it. That's the current approach that I'm taking. Make this thing happen. Get this thing going. Start the money flowing. That all arrives. Now, let's go ahead and get our news. There's not, there's singular topics. There's specific topics that I'm going to spend a lot of time on each one of these. Off the top, let's just get this out of the way. Luna Classic from Terra. Luna Classic has been on a major run, the likes of which has not been seen in a very long time. And I had commented on one of our previous updates to at least take a look at it, see if it makes sense for your portfolio, because obviously everybody's different. Well, it's been on major runs. It got it did a significant run up over the past day or so, and people took significant amounts of profit off this. We're not talking like, you know, 2x, 3x, except in certain limited cases, some might have. But we are talking where somebody might have invested, you know, $500, $600, $700 and made a cool $150 bucks off that. That's not bad. We're talking taking for profits. The idea that you invest in something with the specific intent of taking for profits as the price goes up. You are purposely selling out to take profits. You're not just sitting holding. There are people in the ecosystem who are sitting holding because they have millions and millions of tokens and they expect that it's going to continue going up. That's a viable strategy. But I think the smarter strategy for those it makes sense for is to leverage the profit potential during periods of volatility. Luna Classic has significant volatility because as I said in one of my early, early episodes, we're talking maybe two months ago, I said that there's a lot of people sitting on a lot of tokens with this one and it's going to be significant sell pressure on the way up. There is this. There's a lot of sell pressure. However, there's a lot of buy pressure as people are doing the buy the rumor, sell the news. As we get closer to the, uh, the burns that are expected in mid-September, and as we get closer to potentially re-pegging UST, all of these are expected to start increasing the price of Luna Classic over the next year or two. So people are trying to get ahead of it, stacking bags, which is smart. Now, there's some naysayers out there, and I'm going to get this one out of the way first, because it's coming from an individual, and unfortunately, I'm pretty sure I've naysayed one of his things before, because he just makes things to kind of trigger people. So I understand its ratings. I got it. But I said to Fat Man, with Fat Man, I said, it's not that it's impossible, it's that it's highly improbable in terms of getting Lunk Luna Classic back up to a level. Well, this idiot, Timothy Craig, says it's not going to a dollar. Now, Let's clarify what he's talking about. Right now, Luna Classic has three zeros in front of this business. For it to get in up to a dollar is extremely challenging, but it is not impossible because it there's a lot that can happen between now and, say, two years from now that could get it to that point. I want to remind people that if you go back to tokens like Hex, Hex had four zeros in front of it at one point and got all the way to 50 cents. So I wish some of these people doing coverages and doing statements would stop speaking in absolutes. I just posted on Twitter, Jake Gagain talking about, yep, Lunk's dead, deep, deep, deep. 
and I have to send him back a graph that literally contradicted from the day he posted that it went on a significant run 3x from where it was. I don't know why it just seems like it's inherent to some of these people to make these absolution level statements, but it's getting them on F and nerves because you can't say that it won't happen. All they're reacting to, the only reason they say that it's impossible is because, okay, let's say you don't have any utility, nobody developing on it. Doge, Doge coin doesn't have a utility. You can't build on that one. Doge coin got as high as 70 cents per. No, you can't say impossible. It's not impossible. It is certainly possible. This person says, well, it's a pump and dump. I don't agree with the dump part of it because it's been trading sideways since the thing forked off from Luna Shiny. I'm saying that what this person's saying is ill thought out and we have to go off the lesson of Ethereum Classic. In Ethereum Classic, we had the same type of situation happen and it did the same thing. It traded sideways and then eventually went up to its peak price, which I believe is like 180 bucks from a base of $18. I'm not trying to generate hopium for you. I'm trying to naysay this quote, never context that keeps happening from these commenters. It's not that it can never happen. It absolutely can happen. It just takes a perfect storm of actions to make it happen. The burn has to work perfectly. The exchanges have to support the burn. There have to be people actually buying and selling. That's certainly not a problem. And yes, we would want to see some utility happening throughout the chain. There are already developers that are on board saying they're willing to do it. So all of these are in place. We expect that they're going to happen. I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon of saying the word never. I never will. That's a pun. I refuse because we're seeing that it's already being debunked. The thing is trading sideways. Trading sideways totally debunks this narrative of a pump and dump. I think the problem is that people like this are treating Lunk, Luna Classic, the same way they would treat something like SHIB, the same way they would treat something like, you know, any other token. But the difference is Luna Classic is still part of a blockchain that can be developed on. But more importantly, you have a community sentiment that is strong. No other token right now has the same strength of community as Luna Classic. You still depend on all the actions and all the proposals and everything working perfectly. There's still a long way to go. There's still a lot of work. But I'm saying it's improper and frankly irresponsible to keep throwing out the word, quote, never, because all you're doing is generating FUD on people. That's true FUD because you can't prove something being, quote, negative because it hasn't happened yet. Once we see this out two years from now, we can look back and we can see, okay, what happened? Did it work? Did it not work? And then declare it as a failure if it truly did fail. Right now, we can't say and we should let it go. See what happens because there's no harm in doing that. If people want to invest in it, let them invest in it. If people want to avoid it, let them avoid it. It doesn't hurt anything. Funny thing, this person apparently does not invest in it. So I suspect it's one of those just like Jake again that only invests in Ethereum off to the side. And they look at some of these other ones and they figure, well, since it crapped because of Luna and Do Rugpull, aka Do Quan, moved over to Luna that they're just going to take all the developers over there. Thus, this has no value. And I keep reminding people that Dogecoin does not have developers building on the damn thing. And it was able to succeed regardless. I'm saying we need to stop all of them. Stop using the word never. Stop speaking in absolutes because you make yourselves look like idiots when the thing proves you're wrong. As we saw 
with Ethereum back in the day when it forked off Ethereum Classic. Oh, by the way, that rhymes. Celsius. If you're in Celsius, if your funds are trapped in Celsius, this update's for you. Celsius is moving to unfreeze some of the money, not all of it, but some of the money, roughly $225 million in funds. This has to go through a court approval process. So there's a couple of programs that they have that apparently they say these funds don't belong to Celsius. If you were following this, Celsius was the one that had filed bankruptcy. And in the bankruptcy filing, the bankruptcy attorney, the... Uh, the uh, trustee, everybody wants to find where all these assets are that are owned by this organization. Celsius's argument is that these funds exist in two different accounts that actually do not belong to the lending platform Celsius. And so they want to return it to the different customers because they don't belong to Celsius and thus would not be subject to the bankruptcy liquidation process that would happen. And it's only fair to do this. Whether or not this flies is going to depend on a lot of different things. Number one, they have to prove that they don't own it. Usually when it's an account like this, there's someone that is listed as the owner or the somehow the signer, authorized signer, trustee, whatever. Maybe an attorney, power of attorney. There's somebody on that account who owns that. My guess is they could not have opened up the account without declaring themselves as the definitive owner or they got slick with it and they put it in the name of some law firm more likely if that's the case, they may be able to make a case to actually exclude it from the bankruptcy discovery process, which would open the door for anybody in Celsius potentially that's on these accounts, because it's not everybody, some of them, to be able to get some of their money back. Again, return, uh, control your hopium because there's no information right now. They, this has not been approved. They don't know it's going to go forward, and it's really dependent on the bankruptcy court, whether or not they say that flies or they say, screw you, we're going to go through and, and do what we're going to do. My last update here, Cardano, as I've said on a couple of occasions now, I have been bullish on Cardano, arguably since I got into cryptocurrency, for really no specific reason other than it felt like there's something there, I can't put my finger on it, and I've been in and out of it, I still hold a bag now in Coinbase, and it just kind of sits over there. Well, Robinhood just recently enabled Cardano trading. I don't think it moves the needle, because just like we saw with SHIB, it didn't matter that Shiv got on Robinhood after millions of people squawked for it. It didn't move the needle. It wasn't going to make a difference. So I don't think it's going to really change too much that they're on Robinhood. However, what, it, what it's doing is it's setting battlegrounds. It's setting the battleground to say, look, this Cardano is something. There's a lot of people who want this. There's a lot of people who want to trade this. And so now we need to start accepting it. For those that don't know, Cardano has positioned itself largely as a, quote, Ethereum killer. Pretty much competition for the Ethereum chain itself, believing that it's faster transactions, obviously cheaper gas. I have personally done transactions on Cardano. I do find that it is somewhat faster. I wouldn't say significantly faster, but somewhat faster, certainly cheaper in what it's doing, which, like I said, led for me a very strong bullish sentiment for it. It just seems like, as I was told, that the uh, leader is an idiot. <laughs> so this... Robinhood listing is not going to move the needle, but what it does is it increases more exposure, which might trigger some FOMO of the idea that there's something here to this. We then saw that the Cardano started going on a minor run. It wasn't a major run. Most of the cryptocurrency market is kind of in this wavering mode. It's not quite up, not quite down, like Bitcoin's kind of hovering around the 20,000 mark. Ethereum is just shy of 1,600. 
and they're not really on a bull run, but they're not crashing anymore. Well, Cardano started performing a little bit higher, not because of Robinhood, just in of itself, because it seems like there's more adoption of, of Cardano. And people believe that it's triggered by the Ethereum, by the rumors of the news. The idea that if Ethereum crashes and it fails, that it might trigger some sort of a bull run towards Cardano and other such tokens to kind of say, screw you to Ethereum. I don't believe that. I believe that what's happening really is that Cardano's upgrades, the Vasil hard fork and other upgrades that Cardano's doing is getting eyes and attention and it's causing people to say, let's buy into this and see what happens here. I'm going to tell you right now, Cardano's not one of those that's going to make you like super wealthy rich. It's only a repeat at like $3 per coin. So it's not going to make you super wealthy rich unless you invest a lot of money into it. I think Cardano is one of those where it has long-term value, meaning that if more people build on Cardano, if more people adopt Cardano as a blockchain, more development happens on Cardano, then you're going to want to have access to the Cardano token, obviously, to transact on that network. Cardano's blockchain requires its own wallet, and that's part of the reason I've never gone to those, those developments. I actually do have a Cardano wallet somewhere buried in Nirvana land that I have no idea what happened to it. I didn't have a line in there. That's going to be an adoption issue for your layman investor. They're not going to be wanting to go away from their Coinbase wallet or their Trust wallet or even their SafePal wallet just to buy into one token. They've got to get that fixed so that their blockchain is supported on all the major mainstream wallets without having to use a dedicated one. Terra has the same situation in order to get into Terra Station, which is their staking. You have to download their wallet, which I think is bad. <laughs> uh, you can store it in any wallet, but in order to use it, use the blockchain benefits, you have to use their wallet, which I think is broken and flawed. Cardano's going to have the same problem. Long term, we're going to have to watch where Cardano goes as a blockchain and see if more adoption happens because that's where the money's going to come in. Again, the Cardano token ADA is not going to make you a millionaire. I don't believe that because it peaked at $3. I don't think it's going to go much higher than that. I think what you're going to see is more adoption potentially on the chain where you're going to need those tokens to use some of those other, buy into some of those other projects should you choose to. What I would advocate for you, the call to action, is to be aware. Just be aware of what's going on with Cardano. If you're already watching price charts on other tokens, I would recommend you include Cardano along with everything else that you're watching. I've always said recently that the core coins are really the target I would recommend looking at anyway, and Cardano is certainly one of the top of that list. The other ones, of course, are still Ethereum, still Bitcoin, clearly, still AVAX, still Matic, still Compound. Just keep an eye on. If you choose to go after the garbage tokens because it's part of your portfolio, be at it. I'm not telling you what to do with your money. I'm saying for right now, as what I see in terms of graphs, I still think that the core tokens, the coins are going to be where money comes back in to the ecosystem. And Luna Classic seems to be supporting that stance because it still has strong buy pressure even now where everything else seems to be having a hard time. Lastly, I'll do a brief mention. It's not a full update, but a brief mention on Satama. There may be one or two, however many people remaining that still listen to me from Satama updates that I did way back yonder. I have changed to quarterly updates. I will be doing a state of Satama quarterly on YouTube with more in-depth coverage Based on what I see in the current state, there hasn't been enough traction or traffic for me to justify doing frequent updates on Satama. 
because I still think that it's struggling because of the team and they haven't fixed that problem. The one thing I'll call out here is that Satama, from a marketing perspective, is doing everything correct. They're not getting the strong price movement that they might think they should get, and I believe that's because of the people involved. I believe sentiment has been harmed, damaged irreparably, and I don't believe that Max was the only root cause. I believe there's other root causes. I believe the cult leader, ultimately, his, his refusal to go on neutral platforms and instead only go on softball platforms has caused people to be questioning the project. I believe him being caught selling when he said he didn't sell has harmed investor sentiment. I don't know where Satama goes from here. Do I remain bullish about it? I don't know because, again, it's all about the people. It's not about the code. At this point, it's about the people and whether the people are willing to do what's right for the investors, which might mean step aside. I don't think they're willing to do that. I know the whole shift to Dubai for them felt like it's the right answer. Dubai will embrace cryptocurrency more than the U.S. I still feel they should have kept a presence in the United States to make sure they were above ground for tax compliance as well as what's coming in the future from a regulatory perspective. Because let's say that Satama does get to something and it's super high. If it turns out it runs afoul of United States law, that's going to get them in trouble and they're going to get a bunch of FOMO cells as people dump out to keep themselves safe. I think that's a risk. I simply call it as what it is. I would love to cover them again, but I still remain firm. And it's my summary statement. As long as you have those people in front of it, the people in charge of it still now, I don't think it can succeed because I don't think they have the right vision and they're not willing to listen to certain people like Leister found at CryptoTalkRadio.net to try to help them in some of these bad decisions, surface why they were made, surface what they're really doing and how they're going to get back to that level of solvency. I think there are people waiting in the wings for that honesty. Somebody to literally hit them with hard questions that they are required to answer to understand what went wrong. Because even now, certain people on YouTube, they do frequent coverage on Satama just to trash it. I'm not. I don't do it because, you know what, here's the thing. Could I do that just to trigger a bunch of people to contact? Absolutely. Why would I want to do that? I'd rather just simply do a quarterly because nothing's really changing that I find significant. I'm not trashing them. I'm just calling out what I see as the truth. And then if people want to go there, they go there. If they don't, they don't. I'm not going to do that just to get traffic. If I'm going to cover it, it's because I think it's worth your time to look at in the quarterly. It's just to keep you apprised of what I'm seeing because at some point later, maybe it becomes worth your time to invest in. That's my hope anyway. I have all the hopes for many of the projects where it looked like it had raw potential and then bad decisions tanked it. I always hope that it's able to recover. It's just that sometimes you have to get the people out of the way. I had the same problem with Seifu. I had the same problem with Libero. Seems like it's inherent to cryptocurrency. You get the wrong people leading the project that don't really have the true vision. They have a vision of a bull market strategy. They don't have a vision of sustainability, which is why I've been so big on Everize because they're the only ones that seem like they're working regardless of what the market's doing because they're catering outside the crypto bubble. And that's what I want to see more of from crypto projects. I'm sure I won't get it. We'll still have the kids who say the word Jeet and the words that use the word Keck and all the garbage. And we welcome that. I've seen many of the YouTuber people support that. Well, that means you're going to get those toxic people because you're welcoming that. I don't think it's what we should want, but it's what we've created. Until we get better and we grow up and grow a pair in cryptocurrency, all of us, all of us are harmed. And then the governments are just going to lock crap down and make it garbage. Nobody wins. I don't think that's what we want. I think we want a better state of cryptocurrency where all of us can get paid at some level 
whether it's a few hundred dollars or it's life-changing money. That'll do it for today's Crypto Talk Radio episode. I want to thank you for listening today. We know you've got choices. CryptoTalkRadio.net, if you would, we would appreciate. At the very top, we have a contact form. Fill that out. Let us know what your thoughts are. If we're doing great or something you don't like, we always love to hear from our listeners. If you don't mind spreading the word, we would also appreciate that. If you think other people would benefit from the type of coverage that we do, we work hard to try to be different than every other type of podcaster or YouTuber that's out there. So hopefully we're on track with that. Finally, our YouTube channel, of course, is at Basic Cryptonomics. If you want to find us on there, those are dedicated, specific, exclusive types of episodes. So you'll hear things there that you won't hear on the podcast and vice versa. Check us out there for more quick and dirty coverages. Until next time, take care.